Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch, wonderful pistachios. Each one-ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value and making wonderful pistachios one of the highest protein nuts out there. But perhaps more than that, I love all of the flavors they have. Their sea salt and vinegar ones are my favorite when I'm craving that flavor, but still want to keep it healthy. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. Wonderful pistachios come in a variety of flavors like chili roasted, honey roasted, smoky barbecue, and jalapeno lime, to name a few. Perfect for enjoying with family or friends and taking them with you on the go. Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. So fill up with a healthy snack when hunger strikes. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. That's wonderfulpistachios.com. This is Optimal Living Daily, episode 1886, Minimalism Renewed. And Success Does Not Exist, both by Joshua Fields Milburn of theminimalist.com and I'm your very own personal narrator, Justin Mollick, reading to you from some amazing blogs and books to help you optimize your life. Today's two posts come from friend of the show, Josh of The Minimalists. So let's get right to his posts as we optimize your life. Minimalism Renewed by Joshua Fields Milburn of theminimalist.com. This pandemic is putting things in perspective. We finally understand that an economy predicated on exponential growth isn't a healthy economy. It's a vulnerable one. If an economy collapses when people buy only their essentials, then it was never as strong as we pretended. When it comes to simple living, the most recent minimalist movement gained popularity online in the aftermath of the 2008 crash. People were yearning for a solution to their newly discovered problem of debt and overconsumption. Unfortunately, over the past dozen years, we've once again grown too comfortable. But the enemy isn't only consumerism now, it's overindulgence, both material and not. Amid the panic of the pandemic, I've noticed many people grappling with the question Ryan and I have been attempting to answer over the last decade. What is essential? Of course, the answer is highly individual. Too often we conflate essential items with both non-essential items and junk. In our free ebook, The Minimalist Rulebook, 16 Rules for Living with Less, Ryan and I delineate all three categories with our no-junk rule. Everything you own can be placed in three piles. Essentials. Few possessions should fall into this pile. These are the necessities we can't live without. Food, shelter, clothes. While the specifics change for each person, most of our needs are universal. Non-essentials. In an ideal world, most of the things we own would fit in this pile. They are the objects we want in our lives because they add value. Strictly speaking, I don't need a couch, a bookshelf, or a dining table in my living room, but these items enhance, amplify, or augment my experience of life. Junk. Sadly, most of our things belong in this pile. 
These are the artifacts we like, or more accurately think we like, but they don't serve a purpose or bring us joy. The average American home contains an overabundance of stuff, hundreds of thousands of items, and most of it is junk. While this junk often masquerades as indispensable, it actually gets in the way of a life worth living. The key is to get rid of the junk to make room for everything else. Right now, not only must we jettison the junk, but many of us are forced to temporarily deprive ourselves of non-essentials, those things that add value to our lives during regular times, but aren't necessary during a crisis. If we can do this, we can discover what is truly essential and we can eventually reintroduce the non-essentials slowly in a way that enhances and augments our lives, but doesn't clutter them with junk. To complicate matters, essential changes as we change. What was essential five years ago may not be essential now. And so we must continually question, adjust, let go. This is especially true today where a week feels like a month, a month, a lifetime. With the current financial crisis and a renewed search for meaning, our society will be coping with some critical realities in the not too distant future. Many new norms have been established during this crisis. Others will form in its wake. Many of us will attempt to cling to the past, to return to normal. But that's like struggling to hold ice in our hands. Once it melts, it's gone. I've been asked, when is this going to turn around? Frankly, I hope it doesn't. Turning around presupposes that we return to the past, to a normal that wasn't working for most people, at least not in any meaningful way. While I don't know what the future holds, I hope we emerge from this uncertainty with a new normal, one that is predicated on intentionality and community rather than consumer confidence. To get there, we must simplify again. We must clear the clutter to find the path forward. We must find the hope beyond the horizon. I had a conversation recently with one of my mentors, Carl Weidner, who showed me the Chinese characters for the word crisis, Weiji, which signify danger, Wei, and opportunity, Ji, respectively. While there are arguments among linguists as to whether the character for Ji actually means opportunity, the analogy is still apt. A crisis exists at the intersection of danger and opportunity. We are undoubtedly in a crisis. A heightened sense of danger lingers in the ether but opportunity is also in the air. Surrounded by danger, we have the opportunity to, as my friend Joshua Becker says, quote, use these days to reevaluate everything, end quote. Maybe we needed this. Let us not waste this opportunity to reevaluate everything, to let go, to start anew. The best time to simplify was during the past decade. The second best time is now. Success Does Not Exist by Joshua Fields Milburn of TheMinimalist.com. What do you think of when you think of success? A trophy, award, or achievement? A specific number of followers? A certain amount of money? While there's nothing wrong with these things, a dozen championships won't increase your tranquility. A thousand admirers won't bring you peace. A million dollars won't make you happy. Craving an outcome anchors you to a future that does not exist and drags you from the peace of the present moment. If you always need more, more cash, more clout, more accommodations, then you'll never have enough and you'll continue to yearn. Yearning leads only to misery and misery isn't success, it's failure. What about winning? Isn't that the definition of success? 
To take home a trophy is to take home a relic that points to the past, another attachment that rests you from the present moment. Winning isn't innately good or bad, but the compulsion to win, to compete, to be number one, is a prison. Imagine you're trapped in a spacious jail cell surrounded by trophies. Does that sound like success? If you win the game but lose equanimity, what have you won? Nothing. You've lost everything. But what about raising well-rounded children or establishing better habits or donating to charity? Surely these are the endeavors of a successful person. You're free to do any of these things to create and consume and contribute with abandon. But as soon as you attach happiness to an outcome, you place yourself back behind bars because you're living in the future again. Running after a result isn't success, it's chasing, chasing the past or the future. Success is always bound to chasing. Chasing is attachment. Attachment is suffering. Suffering is failure. Do the math. If A equals B and B equals C, then success equals failure. This may be hard for you to grasp because you've been sold a meme your entire life. You've been told that success equals happiness, that you're just one accomplishment away from happy. But you weren't given the truth. Happiness is your default state. It appears when you stop chasing. Happiness needs to be pursued to be reached. The pursuit of happiness is just another form of chasing. It is only when you drop the pursuit that you realize happiness. Influence, wealth, and status are all hapless hunts. Getting more does not make you successful. Striving for more makes you excessful. Excess is accompanied by restlessness, pain, and misery. So travel the path towards success if you want. Simply know that path diverges from peace. Peace is found only in the present, through awareness and letting go. That's not to say that you should let go or that you should be happy or that you should not fail. There is no should. But if you want peace, it is not found on the horizon or in the rearview mirror. You just listened to the post titled, Minimalism Renewed, and Success Does Not Exist, both by Joshua Fields Milburn of TheMinimalist.com. A big thanks to Joshua The Minimalist. Really cool how he wrote the Success Does Not Exist essay. It's formatted more like a poem, and I thought it was super powerful. I've had the pleasure of meeting him multiple times, and I was invited to take part as an extra in their new documentary. I'm office worker number two, the dream job of a lifetime. Just kidding. But anyway, that new documentary is out as of January 1st, 2021. It's called The Minimalist Less Is Now. It's a short one, less than an hour. So you can check that out. It's on Netflix. They also have a podcast called The Minimalist Podcast. Books that are really good. I'm their audiobook narrator for three of their books. So a lot of stuff to check out. Come by theminimalist.com for all of that. But I'll leave you there for today. Have a great rest of your day and I'll see you in tomorrow's show where your optimal life awaits.